You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome, listener, to the first episode of the third season of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. That's episode 58, to be specific. And if you're a longtime listener, uh, thank you for joining us for our third season in our second year of recording. It's such an honor that we are still able to uh, broadcast out to so many people, all of our subscribers. And if you're new, welcome. And we hope that this is going to be a profitable 30 minutes talking about the grand narrative of the Bible. And if you are new, then you don't know what I'm about to say next. And if you are returning, you know exactly what I'm going to say. And that is, please subscribe and like to our podcast. If you're on Spotify, hit uh, follow, like. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe. And that way, every Tuesday morning, you can get another 30 minutes of talking about the greatest narrative. But for now, uh, it's the new year. Uh, this is going out on January 4th. We're actually recording this the day before it's supposed to go out, just because of stuff that's happened. And it's actually ironic, if you guys remember, uh, earlier we tried to record what would to be today's episode, but things just didn't work out. And I s- said that 2022 was going to be my year. And it's ironic that now I'm recording this in my bedroom with COVID. <laughs> or uh, socially distant. So That's I'm right. glad that episode didn't go out because that would have been quite embarrassing. There mm. it is. <laughs> and it's been a minute. We haven't done this. You know, we had uh, the baby. And so it's been a month, right? Mm-hmm. Since we dropped a new episode. So well, do, wait, I don't even think they know about the baby. Do they know? No, we mentioned, uh, Matt I mentioned, mentioned the baby. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've gotten it all loose in my head. I don't, I don't even know where we've been or where we're going. The, uh, well, I mean, this is uh, so. This episode is kind of like about so, the baby. <laughs> she's doing well. She has discovered her lungs. Oh, wow. um, uh, so uh, man, it's different with girls. I love yeah. my baby girl. This is his I mean, first I love, girl. I love everybody. my I love my boys too, but it's just different with a baby girl. Mm. Mm. Amen. I um, have four of them. So, so sp- speaking of not knowing where we're going. Uh, I do have to ask, we're kind of at a transition point here, aren't we, in the narrative? You know what I was thinking is so often uh, in the Bible itself, uh, there's so many examples. The first one that comes to my mind is Joshua 24. You know, uh, the book of Joshua is about, uh, you know, Israel coming into the promised land. And at the end, uh, they're about to move forward to a new phase, right? Life in the land. But at the end of the book, what, what do they redo? They recap the story to that point. And there's so many places. Uh, Moses does this with Israel in Deuteronomy, right, before they're uh, entering the promised land to, to you know, pursue the conquest of it. So many times the Bible, before moving forward, will kind of do like a recap on where they've, you know, uh, how they've gotten to that point. And so maybe we'll do something like that with today's episode. Yeah, yeah especially if uh, if you're new, you may not 
you may not be aware of everywhere we've been. So if you are listening, if you just decide to click on this podcast and you see the new thumbnail style, you decide, okay, this is a good place to start. I will say that it's very beneficial if you were to go back, if you go all the way back to season one, that's kind of our Eden arc, talking about everything from creation to man getting kicked out. And then our second season, you can tell with the white thumbnails that that's kind of a post Eden era. And then now we've started the beginning of season three. I don't know what we're going to call it. Is it like the, the patriarch arc or I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> the patriarch. What? Uh, there it is, Nathan. Like a rock. I knew. I could oh, man. I, yeah. my, there, there's some kind of dysfunction in my brain where if there's like a corny pun, whether or not I speak it out loud, I'm making it in my mind. Uh, the self-control. In well, other words, I can't help but make the connection in my mind. The, the well, discipline I'm, I'm comes in not to, saying it out loud. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're going to do a little bit of a recap because I will admit that um, despite my better judgment, I do read a lot of uh, f- fantasy and science fiction novels. And inevitably, there's like eight year gaps between installments and I always forget what's going to, what's happening. Well, there you go. So recap. This is, this is good recap episode. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also just talking about the nature of we've mentioned this in previous podcasts, Genesis one through eleven. One of the things that Nathan talked a lot about last year is, hey, you've got, you know, roughly, you know, 2000 plus, you know, years of biblical history crammed into 11 chapters. Actually, you know, e- possibly even more than that. Yeah, I, I mean, eternity, we don't know. I say eternity. eternity passed to about 2100 BC in 11 right. chapters. And then the rest of the Old Testament. You know, and then if you even extend that to the New Testament, because the New Testament wouldn't go, you know, much further past that. So everything else is crammed into the same amount of time. So we're going to observe as we move into this a a drastically different way of telling the story. Things get focused in significantly. So it's important to remember that Genesis was not written as a diary, Genesis 1 through 11. The people that were telling this story, or the person more specifically, was Moses. Moses lived years after Abraham. (sighs) Moses never had a single conversation with Abraham. But this is a man that lived generations past him, yet he is the one that God uses to tell Abraham's story. Moses lived thousands of years past Noah, and yet he is the one, or hundreds of years at least, depending on biblical timeline, it gets so hairy. But Noah, Moses never knew Noah, and, yet and, he and is the one. And even if you're right, you won't be convincing, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's good. So, But Moses is the one who's used to tell Noah's story. So it's it's no shock or surprise that the closer you get to Moses's lifetime, the more detailed the stories become, the more dialogue you observe, because those are things that Moses experienced firsthand. Now, we believe, I believe, I think all three of us believe in inspiration and inerrancy that God has given the word as he wants it. I, I, I think... Genesis yeah, we have the Bible God exactly. wants us to have. Yeah, we have the Bible God wants us to have. But Moses is still a human being, and he's 
he's writing through his own experience under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit well, he's, and, he's, he's being and, moved. And, and more than that, so often when we talk about inspiration, we talk about, you know, God working through someone's, uh, you know, their vocabulary, their worldview or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. but also in a way that speaks to their situation, right? Right. One of the things that we talked about so much in, in last season was the whole uh, reading Genesis while they're living the Exodus, these are not just stories. These are stories told in a way to cultivate an identity for a people who've been slaves in Egypt for a couple of generations. The pre-Abraham world is laying the foundation for understanding the post-Abraham world, from identifying enemies to identifying places. I mean, that's what the table of nations functions as, that th- there is... I think there is a reason we're able to answer so many questions about Abraham's life from Genesis 1 through 11, because the central focus of what God is doing in the Old Testament is going to be through the life and the descendants of Abraham. And when it gets to like the location of the Garden of Eden, questions about the flood, not that those things aren't important, but the trajectory of the story is surrounding this guy, Abraham. And I think when you look at Genesis 11, as we have, and connected the dots, you see how many dots there are to connect to Abraham's life by looking back. Yeah, and, and this is a, there's a big uh, a conservative Old Testament scholar, K.A. Kitchen, uh, wrote a book on the reliability of the Old Testament. And he says it's just a game changer on what type of history you're able to do once you get to Abraham. Right. Uh, again, because Genesis 1 through 11 is so compressed. And it, and by, mm-hmm. by nature, it has to be, right? right. Uh, and, and again, I love the illustration. My favorite illustration for what you have in 1 through 11 is the slingshot. Uh, I, I can very quickly pull back a slingshot uh, a couple of, you know, maybe a foot and a half, two feet, and, and the momentum of pulling it back that little bit will send that rock who knows how far, right? And right. that's that's really how the biblical narrative works. Those those first few uh, 11 chapters, they just kind of zoom by. Now we've, you know, taken our time moving through them, but the, there is within those chapters uh, enough momentum and, and, and the biblical story kind of in a nutshell, and it's going to be unpacked, like you said, much more slowly once we get to Abraham. So, you know, it's one of those things that I never considered before starting this project is just what we were just talking about is how there's more than just cultural context in the way the scripture is written, but there's also the historical moment it was written, mm. right? Like, oh, that's like good. We've been, we've been saying, you know, reading Genesis while living the Exodus, and that opens up so much more, I think, in interpreting the text or seeing it through their eyes. That's something I just never thought about before this project. Well, this is, um, Matt, you just did a study on Romans uh, for yes. Tupelo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, man, I want to rip, I might, I still might rip off your title. I love that. When in Romans, <laughs> read as the Romans did. Uh, but uh, one of the things, you know, people come to Romans uh, and they think it's just, you know, this compendium of Christian theology. Roman is, Romans is, uh, you know, the epicenter for our doctrine of salvation. But in its, in its immediate context, Romans is a missionary fundraising letter, right? Paul tells you, mm. pa- Paul tells you this in, in uh, Romans 15, 14 through 33. I want to, you know, I don't want to build on another's foundation. I want to take the gospel where it hasn't been preached. I want to go to Spain. He's got to get the Jew and Gentile thing so he can take the gospel to the barbarian, right? right. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't do theology from Romans. 
Uh, in other words, like like we keep saying on the show, there's always more, not less. It doesn't mean you can't do theology from Romans, but you get a better window into how Paul is putting the theology into play uh, or how interactive the theology is when you understand that for Paul, this theology is not just beautiful thoughts. It's beautiful thoughts based in truth that makes God's people a more missionary people, whether in going or in sending. And, and to me, it's the same thing with the story of the Old Testament. Uh, it's, uh, we, we talk about a lot of things you don't traditionally talk about with these chapters, and we don't talk so much about some things that are often talked about. That doesn't mean those things are not important. We're just we're trying to do the other side of the coin. We're trying to show how this story, you know, things like, uh, again, reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus, how that brings out even more to the text, rich layers. Um, it's, it's like... Uh, Anytime you study anything at a deeper level, um, you almost have to relearn what you thought you already knew, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, you must learn what you have learned. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's back. It's there back. It is. We're there back, ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah, we're, we're wondering what the anchor uh, for this episode was going to be. It was Matt doing another Yoda impersonation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Reverend Powell. I, my Yoda impersonation is not as good as yours to begin with. Uh, definitely not trying to get over this cold that I've had. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to embarrass myself or shame the integrity of the podcast by attempting it. <laughs> it's it's sad, though, that I have that, that the Yoda impersonation is something like that's something that I do. Right. Like, yeah. Is that just like is that a pastor thing you have to. Is, everybody's know. got one. Everybody's there got it is. One. Um, yeah. It's like it's like covered. In, it's like a one on one course at seminary, right? Uh, it's, it's so yesterday in the sermon, I, I referenced the Karate Kid, and I and I like very loosely went up into that crane kick position. <laughs> and a friend of mine from out of town who uh, you know goes to a church I formerly pastored, uh, he referenced that, and I was like, "Yeah, I probably could have done without the crane kick." And and he was being supportive. He's like, "Nah, man, it was it was essential to the illustration." I was like. <laughs> But we both know I was going to do it either way. <laughs> I'm not oh, going to do funny. my Yoda impersonation, but I've but I've got one. It's not as good as Matt's. So, um, is it fair to say, with where we are here, that we're in a we're in a transition? We're moving from something to something, and I, I think it, we're moving from prologue to Act One. Yeah, I, I, that's I think good. The, the the way I the way I read the Bible for a long time, Genesis one through three was Act One. Genesis 6 through 9 was Act 2. Uh, Genesis 10 11 was Act 3. The Patriarchs were Act 4. And I think I put all of the compressed 1 through 11 as prologue now. It's the slingshot. And right. the Patriarchs, just, again, if you look through the Old Testament, there's not a whole lot of references to Adam. Right. They're telling the story by referencing the Patriarchs. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you look at the New Testament, there is more appeal to people like Abraham and Moses. I'm not saying Adam's not important for theology. He absolutely sure. is. But we have to understand the story is camping out on the Israel story in the Old Testament, right? So Frodo has left the Shire. Skywalker has taken off from Moss Eisley. And Tony Stark has put on the suit. That's, that's yeah. where we are narratively. Okay. Yeah, I could go with that. So, and, and also... So Genesis 11, 27 through the end of 11 is this last little transitioning from the prologue to the call of Abraham. It's the, the tiny little genealogy uh, of 
Tara. How appropriate! How appropriate that it ends with a genealogy, right? That that little little bitty space there of transitioning from Genesis eleven to Genesis twelve. So when you're looking at, for instance, Genesis twelve, or excuse me, Genesis eleven thirty two, the days of Terah were two hundred five years, and Terah died in Haran. Well, if you've we've already seen this multiple times. We've seen this kind of language in the prologue of genealogies, and then it goes on. But when you come to Genesis 12, 1, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. Even though that is just one verse, there's more that has changed there than just has previously. And it makes me think about what has just happened in the turning of the year. I mean, at 1159, on December the 31st, we were still in 2021. But upon midnight of January 1st, which was only one minute later, we were in something totally different. Now, we experience the shift from 1159 to midnight every day, but our culture agrees that something special, something unique happens in that one minute. And I can even think of other seasons in my life. I remember vividly when 1999, 11:59, came to a close. Year 2000. We well, we, if you if you remember that, uh, our our the way we hold significance to the end of the year actually potentially had real consequences. If you remember Y2K. Oh, Y2K. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's there. There's, there are people who are still living off of reserves of coffee and, and dried beans from Y2K, <laughs> Y2K and all the, you know. <laughs> um. So as we're coming to an end, though, and we're transitioning from prologue to zooming in on a particular family and their story and moving into a much more narrative way of telling the story as opposed to the prologue. Um. I think it's fair to say in these last, you know, 10 plus minutes of this podcast, what are some reflections from where we were last year and bringing it to this year? Nathan, you mentioned earlier that we have not talked about the stuff in Genesis that is typically talked about. Uh, We live in a scientific age, and so typically Genesis is scalped for scientific information, by many Christians. Or another thing, we have not looked heavily through the lens of any kind of systematized theology and also tried to scalp Genesis to to support our theology. Not that that's wrong, but we've taken a decidedly different approach looking at the story parts of it. Yeah. And, and can I say that even even while our approach is not new to me, you know, in other words, doing Bible study and, you know, context stuff for, for a little while now, and I still have plenty to learn. Uh, but let me say that before I came to this podcast, if you'd have asked me, you know, if, if we talk, uh, if Matt, if you and I talked about this, I, I, I think I would have come to that relative. I'm like, I know this stuff pretty well. I've been mm. amazed and so humbled by how much I've learned by doing the podcast. That's for, mm. that's true for me too. Yes. Um, and, and sometimes it's subtle, sh- subtle things that have huge import. Uh, mm. Like, you know, when, when we're uh, in Genesis 6, talking about the 120 years. And, right, Genesis and, and 6, just, it, Yeah, it's, it's, not just, it's not just a Jewish thing. It's, you see it in Jewish and Christian authors. 
for them, that's not God bringing the hammer down. For them, that's God allowing this massive period of repentance to not do this. Th- you know, that that's a subtle interpretive difference that has a massive shift in how you understand that passage, in my mind. Um, there And also, for me, looking back on these things, it led me to a conversation that I welcomed in the new year with one of my best buds, uh, Carrie Hughes. Nathan, I know you know Carrie. Gandalf, you know Carrie, too. Yes. Um, Carrie was passing through town. He pastors a church in Cary, Illinois. He brought up, he just said, hey, man, I've listened to a good bit of the podcast. He said, I haven't listened to all of them, but I've, I've listened to several of them. And he said, can I just tell you what I've taken away from the podcast? And so anytime a pastor's like listening to your stuff and, you know, and Carrie's a, a brilliant guy, a graduate of Beeson Divinity School. Uh, After I said, he sure, went man. to MC with us. Oh, yeah, of course. Mississippi College go, grad, too. Go Chalks. Okay. But he, he said, you know what sticks out to me? He said, the way you all have worked through the story is just how kind God is. That's really my takeaway, too. Yeah. That is, I have to say that's mine. And it is, and I think. In other words, God is no less holy. God is no less awesome. God is no less powerful. But I, I, I guess slowing down, God is so much more merciful and gracious than I think I often let myself reflect on. And another thing on the more technical side of it, it's interesting to me how vocabulary has linked parts of the story. Like I can think back to last semester, how the, the Nuach the connecting, the resting that God rested Adam mm. in the garden and that God rested Noah on Mount Ararat. And or even the way that Noah is introduced in what's oh, it, yeah, 529. Oh, yeah, through this one, give Yeah, and, and tying that back to, yeah, for he will give us rest from that curse uh, going back to Adam, right? So this year I'm doing a daily Bible reading, and the this morning I was working through – Let's see. This would have been Genesis 8, I believe. Let's see. Hold on. Let me look at it. Uh, where God started to to dry up the water. Oh, yeah. Right here. And it says, and God made a wind blow over the earth. And I haven't had time to look at the language on this, um, but it was talking about that it is understood as the wind was passing over the earth. And I was thinking, wow, I wonder, I wonder if the whole idea of God passing over Exodus, is that connected somehow there? Nathan, you can answer that for me. But um, it's anyway, I, I did not read Genesis like that before. And now I'm able to see these dots that connect the story. Well, to I, I, think, I think that the fact that you even thought to ask an Exodus question while reading Genesis is a big thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In other words, the, these stories are told with other stories in mind. Uh, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, when, when Moses is telling the story up to that point, he's telling it to a people who have had all of the Israel enculturated out of them while they were slaves in Egypt. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've never uh, thought of it that when, way. When Moses takes the people to Sinai, you know, we, we read Sinai in a vacuum and it looks legalistic. Oh, God set them free to give them a bunch of rules. But mm. the, the rules, the, you know, the commandments came within a calling. 
you know, if you if you hear me fully and obey my covenant, then among all the nations of the earth, you will be my special possession, even though the whole earth is mine, and you will be a kingdom. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Moses, these are the words I want you to speak to the sons of Israel. That's Exodus nineteen five and six. What's the problem? Uh, God wants to use this nation as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation to minister to the whole earth, but they don't know how to live like Israelites. They know how to live like Egyptian, Egyptian slaves. Um, mm. And so uh, on the one hand, you have uh, commandments that are that are shown. This is how you be Israel, not just things to do. This is this is how you this is how you be the people I've called you to be. But hand in hand with that is the is understanding the story that led you up to that point. And again, when the people wouldn't go into the promised land, you know, in Numbers 13 and 14, and they wander in the wilderness for a generation, you come to Deuteronomy, and what does Deuteronomy do? It rehearses the story up to that point. When they do enter the land, and and they take it according to God's word and faithfulness, and uh, at the end of it, they have a covenant renewal ceremony, and what do they do? They rehearse the story up to that point. This will be a pattern uh, as you move forward in the Bible, and even into the New Testament, just as to say that we never want you to understand what's going on, your present moment, in a vacuum. It is part of a story that God has been telling for a long time, uh, you know, culminating in this moment. So, man, those are, those are some great thoughts. Before we wrap up here, and next week we're going to jump straight into Genesis, the end of tail end of 11 and into the call of Abraham. And there's so much. 2022 is going to be an exciting year on the podcast. It's just so rich. Gandalf, I want to hear, and I know Nathan and the others, what are things that 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 you, that stick out in your mind as we look over this past year of where we've been as someone that is not as classically trained in the seminary sense? I know you've been to seminary, but uh, to the extent of me, or certainly not with, with Nathan and stuff like that, we've had the privilege to do those things. Your expertise is in other areas, but like I'm, still pers- I'm still persuaded you're the glue that makes this podcast work. That's because right. if, if I disappear tomorrow, the podcast can go on. If Nathan disappears tomorrow, the podcast can go on. If Gandalf disappears tomorrow, the podcast is gone forever. <laughs> you're too kind. It's, it's, it's true. It, it's if, true. It ha- if it happens to me or Matt, you lose Yoda impersonations and corny puns. Without Gandalf, <laughs> you don't have a show. Yeah, that's right. But, but Gandalf, what are takeaways – and things that impressed upon your heart. I know you and your brother, when he was in town, y'all talked a little bit about it, but what are things for you? Well, two things. Uh, first of first of all, I, I, I was introduced to the idea of the polemic mm. in this oh, podcast. I, never, yeah. I, I, I had never heard of that before. I never thought about the fact that it's having that they're reading this while having to push back against other societies' ideas mm-hmm. of divinity and creation and all that. We see that a lot. In the creation accounts, mostly, but I also the second thing, probably the bigger thing, is I have to agree with our our friend Carrie. There's such a theme of God's mercy within His judgment that we mm. see over and over again that I had not really ever picked up on because we see yeah. it as they're being ejected from Eden, but before they go, He sets them up so they can still survive out in the wilderness. We see that in the the clothes He gives them. We when He's delivering judgment on Cain. We see that he gives him a, a protection. We see that before the flood, he gives him 120 years. And then, and we even see in um, uh, the Tower of Babel that them being scattered was the mercy 
Yes. So that, you know, he didn't have to wipe them all out again. So I think that's a that's just a really cool thing because a lot of that er, like the Old Testament has the reputation of being the angry, judgmental God. But if you stop mm. and look at it, you see that there's just as much of the merciful and gracious God as well. And so it was nice to be able to see that in a new light with this podcast. Yeah. So I, that man, that's so good. Is it safe to say that there is a difference, and that? Loud does not necessarily mean angry. There are some really loud things that happen in the scripture, namely the flood. But as we looked at last semester, the adjective to describe God's emotions for the flood was not anger. It was grief. grief. Yeah. God and, doesn't get angry till Exodus 4 with Moses. Which is just fascinating to me. Fascinating. Or at least as the narrative records. I mean... Yeah. Only, only God knows what God's done. You, you but, know, you you brought you brought that up uh, uh, to me. I had never pondered that that the first mention of God's anger in Scripture is with Moses. the The one thing we don't know we don't know when or at what rate God revealed the Genesis stories to Moses, right? Hmm. But you, you got you got to wonder how much of that was before. Uh, you know, at what point, and you know, and and God thinking to Moses, Moses, you of all people, I've I've told you the story. You should know. <laughs> yeah. You should, you know. Uh, anyway, man, that's good stuff. Well, I'm excited about 2022, and for those of you all out there, we thank you for being a part of this podcast and going on this journey with us. This has been a great starting place. If you're yes. new to the podcast, yeah. this is a and, great and episode I, to start. Can I make a challenge? Sure. Go for it. Uh, if you if you do not already have a Bible reading plan, I want to encourage you as we get into season three. Again, we're starting with the story of uh, Abram uh, slash Abram slash Abraham uh, next week. Uh, I want to encourage you to read through the first eleven chapters of Genesis through the Babel story, uh, just to kind of recap, bring yourself up to speed, see what new things, uh, both answers and questions, uh, emerge from the text in light of the listening you've been doing. Um, and I can't wait to take the journey forward with you. And if stuff. this is the first time that you've listened to the podcast, uh, maybe it seems a little too much, but I do recommend going back and listening to the first two seasons because like we've talked about, they really do lay the groundwork, the prologue for the rest of the story. And if you want to be caught up on the rest of the story unfolding, the best way to do that is to like and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe on Spotify or whatever other platform, hit like, whatever the positive interaction is. And not only will you be notified every Tuesday morning when we have a new episode out, but you also tell the almighty algorithm that this is (laughs) worthwhile content. So if you believe that, help us out and we can spread the word to even more people. And uh, uh, till then, we will see you next week. Have a good one. See you next time. Shalom. First shalom of 2022. <laughs> Feels it good, works. Man. There it is. It works. All, All right, right I'm, I'm stopping. stopping.